Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs make a difference. Like our Italian sub, piled high with Genoa salami, pepperoni, and Virginia honey ham. Or our Firehouse Meatball Sub with zesty marinara. Both with melted provolone and Italian seasoning. Your choice, just $6.99 each for a medium and only for a limited time at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your order. It is your instant match reaction for Everton 2, Liverpool 2 in a fairly uneventful Merseyside derby. Everton stayed top of the Premier League uh, for now anyway with a draw. Uh, <laughs> now, Mark Mersey, Dave Downey and... Um, I suppose Rob Veer is going to be joining us shortly as well, but we'll, we'll start at the end there, lads. I mean, what on earth is going through your head there, Davis? Jordan Henderson wheeled off after Pickford let, let one slip in. And just, just talk me through your range of emotions because I've just put on Twitter there, despite feeling like I was in a pit of despair when that squirmed in. By the end, I was just sat there laughing my head off at the TV screen. Uh, I mean, it was it, it all went too quickly for any one overwhelming emotion to overtake your body, didn't it? It was that much of a... I mean, I, I know I'm a big fella, but I need some sort of hard check or ECG right now. And obviously, <laughs> I was I was all over the place. Um, the 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 bit before it actually, I, when they went two one up, I actually felt that was it for us. Um, particularly when it looked like they were in the ascendancy after that, they, they could well have got a third goal as well. Um, it looked like Everton were really disjointed, loads of space for Manny and Salah. And then Calvert-Lewin scores with the most ridiculous gravity-defining leap I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, I, I need the still from it. I need somebody to send me the still of this. When he, when he reaches his maximum altitude on this jump, it's just unbelievable how high he gets. So much so, I don't even think the Liverpool defenders are thinking of putting a challenge in because the ball looks too high. And he scores that, and I'm thinking, just blow your whistle now, ref. And well, part of me was thinking that, and part of me was thinking, this could be our day. This we could go up the other end. Richard, I mean, from Richarlison onwards, it becomes like a you know slapstick comedy show, doesn't it? I mean, ridiculous challenge. He shouldn't be making it at that time on that at that place on the pitch. And then from then on in, I thought that's it. Now definitely settle for a draw. 
they score immediately after it. Stunning ball from Thiago. <laughs> and Mane sort of, it, it, it didn't look anywhere near offside to me, yeah. I have to be honest. And it, I, it I, can't believe it, I can't believe it's been given. It's, it's amazing and that's why yeah. it's so funny. No, it, it is. It's, it's hilarious, but at the time, it's the most dreadful pit in your stomach um, that, that makes you feel so, so bad. Even though we've been there a million times before, you don't get used to that feeling. And um, I thought that was it. My head was in my hands. My Mrs. Haley, who's a big, big red, walked in literally five minutes to go in the game. I was like, please get out. You've got to go out. Go, go and stand outside because um, I can't take this. Then she had like a right smile, smile on her face, and I was just all over the place. And then we have an opportunity to win it at the end. Um, and all in all, Matt, we sat here at the end of a two-two draw. I don't think any anything any of us could say could do justice to the emotional roller coaster we've all just been on there. It was it was incredible. And and if if we're honest, I might get some blues in the comments here disagreeing with me, but I thought Everton was pretty awful. And I'm absolutely delighted we've got away with a point there. A hook by hook or by crook, I have no idea how it's happened. It sort of feels like how they've got results against us in the past, if yeah. we're honest. So, I suppose we deserve a couple of these, but how, how on earth it finished 2-2 and we, we come out of that game undefeated is, is incredible. Uh, what, what, talk us through your movements and emotions most for those last few minutes there. I mean, <laughs> I, I was up ready to sort of storm out and then I seen the offside come up and I thought, oh, he's, he's miles on there, you know, that's it. Time to get this post-match podcast set up for another dreary last minute derby defeat and then all of a sudden it's just you know I'll say it again it's just dead funny isn't it because we, we've we've had this against us a lot VAR think back to that Manchester United game the last game we had at Gleeson Park before lockdown and how we were sort of robbed of a moment there from a, a crazy VAR decision one Liverpool have had today isn't isn't quite in, in, in that league I don't, I don't think but my word you know if, if you're there you're, you're absolutely devastated are you and, and if you're also you just sat there shuffling to, to yourself how do you expect me to provide coherent analysis on a football match like that? It was <laughs> insane. I think that by, by obviously, as Dave recap, when Richarlison gets sent off and, and, and the, the goal goes in, you kind of just empty for the last five minutes when, when Liverpool scored what would have been the winner. Up until the point where it gets disallowed, I was genuinely just in silence because at that point... I don't think my body had any more emotion or feeling left to give. Uh, and for all of the concerns that we had about, about what behind closed door football would mean for, for fans and, and your emotive connection with, with any football game, but in particular in Merseyside Derby, I think it all came rushing back very, very quickly today. Um, with every goal that went against and went for you, it was, it was the same heartbreak and the same elation that you would expect to see at the ground. Um, God help me if I was there for the moment where Jordan Pickford let that third goal in because I probably would have been out the stadium by the time VAR had a had a chance to what we hope is incorrectly intervene. Um, but the, the game on a whole was just a fantastic advertisement for Premier League football. It it's probably I, I probably echo Dave's sentiment to say that Everton were clearly not on the ball today, but. Maybe that is what this Everton side looks like against the Premier League champions and against the best team in the league. It's not just that, is it? Sorry to interrupt. We, we can't. We've seen three. I was going to say it's the, it was the Premier League champions playing what I thought at their absolute best today as well. You know that yeah. wasn't Liverpool that rocked up against Villa. They, they were on it today, and Everton had to cling. <laughs> that was in that game, and somehow, some way, they managed to come out with something at least. 
we, we knew that we were going to be up against the, the most dangerous form of Liverpool today on the back of what happened at Villa Park. We, we knew that, that the reaction was clearly going to be one that Everton have always attracted these types of reactions, regardless of what the previous game finished like. So we knew it was going to be difficult. Uh, as soon as the, the starting eleven come up, you put on Twitter, Matt, that this was going to be an uphill struggle because as soon as you bring people like Thiago and Mane back into that team, then you are going to have issues. And with some of the injury issues that, that Everton had before the game, during the game, uh, I think some of the players have dragged themselves through 90 minutes, to be honest, based on, on the performances that we saw. But th- these are, are the types of games whereby if you come away after playing the best team in the country and they've been on the ball for the whole 90 minutes with a <coughs> Then I don't think you can have any real complaints about that. And regardless of, by the way, that it's it, it's ultimately happened at the end. And as much as we will take joy from that, I think it's just a nice feeling right now to know that the derby is probably the furthest away that it's ever been. Uh, and after that 90 minutes, I think we're all ready for that not to happen for a while. Uh, Rob Vera has joined us now. Uh, Rob, just your thoughts there on, on, on the end of the football match and your feelings? Yeah, someone called the police, man. We just got away with it. Rob, is your, is your voice hoarse there, mate? Have you been screaming at the telly? It sounds like you're a bit... No, no I, 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 in <laughs> fact, I had to kind of go the opposite direction with my, you know, it's 6.30 a.m. kickoff here. So my wife, I tried to kind of restrain myself. And as you can imagine, in a game like this, restraining myself was incredibly difficult. Um, <laughs> I'm, um, look, I'm... I don't know how you can't be thrilled with that result, all things considered. Um, and, and, and you have to add that caveat of all things considered, because there's a lot to consider. Um, once again, we're riding the dragon of Jordan Pickford, who probably, by all accounts, should have been off uh, very early in the game. Um, he then goes on to make some amazing saves. And then the goal to Henderson, he should absolutely have saved. And I don't know how we got bailed out by VAR there. But two things on that. One, it'll be a cold day in hell before I'm ever apologizing about VAR decisions going against them. Okay, my God, you know the self, the 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 crying and the self righteousness we're about to hear for the next week or so. I don't. I just. I don't have any time for it. No, no time for it. I've got loads. I can't wait. It's going to be. Oh, I mean, I've got time for it, but I mean, I don't. I I don't. I don't, I just don't care. There is nothing that will make me feel bad given that we lost Seamus Coleman early in the game, given that we dodged a red card against Pickford. We then have Richarlison get sent off. And and let's be honest, as we all know, the draw really flattered our performance today. I mean, we, look, we didn't, they did, they played really well. Our best players, frankly, outside of Thomas Rodriguez, really didn't play well at all. I mean, our midfield absolutely uh, was overrun at times in that game. And yet, we found a way to get a draw out of that. And so, uh, we're top of the table. We have an undefeated start to the, to the league. And so, I'm sort of big picture. And, and, and hey, maybe, maybe guys, uh, you know, we we're always kind of wondering – you know, have Everton arrived? Are we back to being a big uh, club again? Well, you know, big clubs get uh, dodgy VAR calls. So maybe this is a sign that uh, we're finally getting some respect from uh, the, uh, the referees. But uh, no, look, that was, that was wild. And I, am, I, I need a rest. <laughs> I need a rest more than anything else. 
I think the, the, the one thing you could, you'd say, you know, we've got all week, Davis supposed to pick the game, the bones out of this game and delve into the minor side of it because there's there so much to go through. But I think on a general point, if you take away the, you know, the laughing at Henderson at the end and, and the VAR stuff, um, I, I have to say, it's 2-1. I thought Everton were dead and buried. I thought they were absolutely done. Like, they were allowed to have heads going down. You made some changes that didn't really seem to be working. And I think that the manner in which this side, and it's not the first time they've done it this season, have been able to dig deep and find something. And I think today, actually, it was more just out of, out of just pure quality on the pitch. You know, that's, that's, that second goal for Everton's a, a class goal. The first one's a class delivery from James Rodriguez. And I think this is, this is what happens when you've got a, an elite goal scorer now. And I think it's probably fair to say that Dominic Carver-Lewin is that. An elite goal scorer at the end of the pitch. You've got an elite left-back on, on that side. And you've got an elite creator in James Rodriguez. Because they can combine and, and conjure something like that. And Everton had to fight at times today. And I think they did that well. But I think Everton also showed quality in the game at crucial moments. Not enough. Nowhere near enough throughout the course of the match. But in the key moments when they had to, when the backs were against the wall, and it sort of looked like the football match was getting away from them, they dug deep and found something. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's it's an admirable thing that they didn't let the game get away from them. I think that was due to luck as much as anything else. But when you're talking about decisive moments and when matches are on a knife edge, I agree with you. I think you've got someone now. I mean, he's, he's got to be the best aerial threat in the Premier League without any shadow of a doubt. Calvert Lewin. Um, you know, the, the other the other side of that as well is um, you, you know you look at Hammers able to do that regardless of how fit he is, regardless of how much energy he's got left. He's got a swing of that left foot at any point in a match that can cause damage to opposition. Um, and that's how Everton got out of jail. And that's how top sides get out of jail, man. You see it all the time. I mean, randomly ones just come to my head. You think about Manchester United in that European Cup final in 99, 1-0 down. Two, two amazing balls here from David Beckham. And the game's changed. And, and that's what world-class players, world-class players who can deliver a ball like he can, Hamas, um, can, can do for you. And when you've got somebody who's as prolific as Dominic Carvel, do you know what? I actually, I, th- I think one of the big misses in our game today was the fact we didn't get Calvert-Lewin the ball enough because every single time it went to him, even if he didn't get on the end of it, he caused havoc. He was, it, that, that was one of the most complete performances I've seen from, from a striker for, Everton for, for many, many years. And I'm guessing he touched the ball maybe 15, 30, 15, 20% of the time that he did against Brighton maybe or when he's bagged all his goals this season. He's become a top-class uh, player now, uh, not just a striker, a player, um, and he, he petrified Liverpool. It would have been interesting had Van Dijk stayed on to see that battle, um, because I think that would be clash of the titans, to be honest with you, because he's Van Dijk's had the better of him over many years, um, but Calvert Lewin now just looks like a different different beast. I mean, the, the goal again, like I say, I mean, I'll be celebrating all of that all day long now. That's got us a point, um, which could be absolutely crucial as this season goes on. It keeps the momentum going. Probably even enhances the momentum when you gain a point or three when you haven't deserved it whatsoever. I, I think that's when you generally get a little bit more spring in your step than had you won it convincingly, to be honest with you. So, but yeah, I think I think you're right. When you've got players who can provide that sort of quality, it was also, I think, a very precise goal too. Like you said, Matt, it was a beautiful goal to watch. Uh, Luca Dean's ball in the ball to, up to Luca Dean as well in the initial. Everything about it screamed a classic Everton strikers goal. Um, and that, that's not necessarily what we'd seen in previous years. We'd see it lumped in from deep. We wouldn't play that extra ball to Luca Dean to put the cross in. We'd, we'd send everybody up and try and flip it up to them from centre-back. 
Mm. So it shows you how this team's evolved and it's changing. And there's even some confidence still left in it when they, they look like they're a beaten side. So there's a lot to take from that in terms of fighting qualities. But my God, have we got away with one there. And I think you're right, Matt. It's one that you'll be laughing at all week long. Yeah, I mean, I thought Lucadino had a great game today. Thought he played really well. Thought he handled everything that went down his side, Matt. He did. Um, and again, it's. I don't think Richarlison was fully on it. You could get, listen, every single player that didn't perform well today, I think, had a relatively decent excuse because they'd probably been on a ridiculous playing journey to get back in time for the game. Um, Richarlison wasn't on it. I, th- I thought Hammers was okay. Um, Mina, I thought, was really poor, to be honest, towards the end. Michael Keane, superb. Um, Pickford, I think we owe a lot to, despite the fact that he could have cost us the game at two points right at the start and right at the end. But yeah, I mean, like you say, I mean, there's plenty of time for us to digest this, so it's hard to go into the detail. But um, it's just a mad, mad game. I mean, that's that's the the image, isn't it? From, from our point of view, most from from the game, Carver Lewin leaping to to get that header, and it was one of them. As soon as it left Luca Dean's foot, and you could see what the arc on the cross was. You thought. I instantly thought this is he's gonna he's gonna get on the end of this because he's so dominant in the air like there you said now I never just just didn't you? Oh mate, I, I thought it was sailing out for a throw in. Oh. It obviously dipped because he sent it in high. But yeah. I thought maybe it's one with a little skimmer's head and it'll go over. But for him to get above it and head it down was just insane. Well, that's why I, what I was going to say to Moose was I remember a few years ago when we were speaking about Darm and what what he can offer. And you sort of said that he wins headers from goal kicks and stuff like that. And that's really encouraging. And I, this always stuck with me when you said that you need to start using that spring for good in terms of scoring goals and attacking crosses in the box. And, and now he's doing that. You know, you asked for some pictures, Dave. Some of the ones doing the rounds have just been looking at there are, are insane. And when you watch it back, Andy Robertson always gives up. He's just like, ah, I'm, not, I'm not getting anywhere near with him. I'm just going to stay on the ground here and protect myself. And he's, he's becoming a, a ridiculous threat, isn't he, in all aspects. And, Starting to look a bit like a, a complete centre forward, isn't he, Mose? Yeah, absolutely. I think he, you get the best out of a footballer when he knows what his own strengths are. He was interviewed after the game today, and the, and the first thing that he was asked was, "Have you been working on this spring in order to get off off the ground and get a header on goal?" And he he looks like someone now who has the maturity to know what he is good at. And he's also got the team around him that allow him to to, to just stay to the within the eighteen yard box, just be that goal scorer. And I think the point that Dave makes about him, you know, touching the ball, probably what 15, 16 times in a game. The point that was made about Steve, by Steve McManaman in the commentary on BT Sport that Everton need to get Calvert Lewin more involved in the build up play if we're going to get the best out of him. And I just thought that's exactly what this lad has been told not to do. Yeah. And he's done plenty of as well, Moes, hasn't he, in the it, past? It was the most apologetic advertisement for what £14.95 is going to get you for the next couple of months because it's just like <laughs> people haven't watched this last time since the start of the season. But it, the way they used his maturity, I think he could probably divulge that to the rest of the squad as well. We, we looked at that like a team who, albeit have played free-flowing football in the first few weeks, there was an affordability today to mainly the opposition about what the whole 90 minutes was going to be for us. It wasn't going to be a 5-2 or a 4-2 or wherever we've seen so far this season. It needed a little bit more know-how and a little bit more structure to get through the game. And it's always going to need that when you play against quality sides. But I think that the best thing about the Calvert-Lewin goal, as you said, Matt, as much as knowing it was going to go in when the cross came in, 
I think that camera angle was just built for it. I think yeah. as soon as he nods it into the corner, it's one of those where you're looking behind the goal for the crowd to go up before the ball's even gone over the line. But I think the uh, the top hauling with Everton fans painted on it was never going to give us quite that reaction today. But I, I think it, it, it's a mark of what, as we've, we've all said, magical players can produce moments that you don't necessarily need consistent performances during games. And as much as we want that combination of the two, if you can let someone like James Rodriguez, with 15 minutes left when you're 2-1 down, drift inside and take a little bit more responsibility on the ball, and the, the lad's know-how and his ability to step up when he knew that the team needed him to be a little bit more integral and a little bit more focus on him with the build-up play. That shift 20 yards inside just totally disrupted Liverpool. And as much as it wasn't relentless attack and attack for that last 15 minutes, you always get the feeling that he is incapable. He is capable of unlocking that defence and finding the through ball to, to Calvert-Lewin, finding the intelligent pass out to Luca Dean. And Everton are going to be a dangerous prospect this year. And if today is a game where we all come away happy with the point, but all a little bit semi-dejected about what the performance was then, I think we're going to go on to, to some massive highs this season. I suppose, Robin, in that sense as well, it's, it's another game where Everton haven't played that well for, for spells. I and mean, we were saying this after, after the Brighton match and, and they scored a, a couple of goals as well. You know, Dom's on the score sheet again, Rodriguez was creative and albeit our, our attack and play was, was quite fractured and, and disjointed at times. Yeah, well, we, we've talked about this a lot, but <laughs> I mean, and again, it just, it, it all sounds too obvious at times, but when you have chance creators to kind of build on what Mark said before, you know, especially I think about last season and how Luca Dean kind of felt like, like he was all alone out there in regards to being someone who could really create something, um, you know, for the side and to bring someone like Hamas Rodriguez in, you know, it's, it is games like this. It is games where there is chaos, there is intensity, there are incidents. It is often international break. People are, not fully fit it's just absolute chaos and in order to get through these games occasionally hopefully to win them but even to to come up with something like like this today takes quality players who can find ways to rise above it when the team and even themselves you know they themselves are not playing great I mean I kind of agree with Dave like that's what's so funny about James Rodriguez is I don't think he had a great day today by his standards, but his standards are so high. And I don't think that, I think we are still wrapping our brains around what the standard for someone like Thomas Rodriguez is. And, and so, you know, it comes back to this notion that we had fractured attacking play. I thought we really lost the battle in midfield today. I thought, I didn't think, you know, Allen coming back from an injury, I don't think was really on it. Gomez obviously wasn't very good. Um, you know, just it was all just so choppy. And yet we found a way, and you only find a way in these types of scenarios against a team like that when you have special players. And I do think that it's – I think that you can absolutely feel like, well, I wanted the win. We all want the win. But I think ultimately you have to look at the big picture. And the big picture is, is that we are sitting here as a group on a post-match. Um, and instead of focusing on a single result, which I know we, we largely are, we're sitting here dissecting the issues with our own squad 
that is undefeated in the Premier League and top of the table, I'm still unable to process exactly how different this is compared to what 15, ten years. I don't even know. I don't even know how to, what to compare this to. <laughs> years of following him so so from that standpoint I, I i'm coming away from this encouraged when you can dodge bullets and get through a game like that and find a way to smash and grab and you know and and get something out of it hey there's nothing to apologize about there are obviously things that carla will be able to look at in a game like this and say hey we can do better we have uh, areas of improvement there's kind of going to be competition in this squad Richarlison probably needs these three games off and now other players like Anthony Gordon, Alex Iwobi, they'll get their chances. I mean, this is the ebb and flow of a season, but we're talking about the ebb and flow of a, a season so far that is um, unbeaten and, and I can take that all day. Uh, Mark just held up a steal of the, the VAR decision uh, for us all to see there. Are you enjoying that, mate, are you? I've, I've tried tilting the, my phone around a good 45 degrees now and I'm, I'm trying to make it offside, but I just don't know if I'm ever going to be able to manage it. From what I've seen on Twitter there, apparently Jordan Henderson has accused him of drawing bended lines on the pitch to make it so it looked offside. He's accused him of it? Yeah. Even those, better. Those, those, those bad VAR refs. Even I mean, What are they thinking, eh? This, this happens all the time to the Reds, doesn't it, to be fair? You know, he's probably... I know. I love the, I love the, fa- I love the fact They never catch down. a break. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> I love the time uh, the time this happens. It comes down to Jordan Henderson complaining about parabolic curves on a screen where someone's drawing a straight line. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's it's hard to even think back to, to what happened earlier on in the game when when Everton were off it, you know, and Liverpool started well. Uh, I suppose the the other big talking point in the game, which which is obviously BT Sports have been dragging up here. I've seen nothing but replays of it on my telly here since it started. But the Jordan Pickford tackle on, on Virgil van Dijk, Dave, um, weird one because I think that he, he sort of goes in, doesn't he, recklessly thinking, I've got to make something happen here to stop him from scoring. And van Dijk sort of pulls out of it. And then, I mean, it is dead reckless, isn't it? And I think in another game where van Dijk's maybe not offside, that could be a penalty and a red card. Um, but I think there were other moments in the game as well. You know, for some bizarre reason, we didn't even see a replay of Andy Robertson trying to two-foot Alan in, in the back of the leg while, while they were counter-attacking. That, that was a weird one. I think these games are always a bit mad for, for, for referees, aren't they? And I think maybe the, the VAR and, and that today just maybe seem quite contented to let those sorts of things go. Like the, the pick for tackle, the, the Robertson tackle, and obviously the offside at the end, which is a bit different. But it was, it was a bit of a strange game, wasn't it, in that sense? Yeah, I think in, in a game like that, I think they might well have got a directive to try and let things ebb and flow a little bit more. Um, I mean, that, that's no excuse. I thought Jordan Pickford's tackle was horrendous on Van Dijk. Could have broken his leg if he had his foot planted. Um, fortunately enough, he misses and almost like he scissor kicks into one of his legs, his standing legs, um, which means that I don't think it's as bad as it, it could have been. But um, I, I was under the impression that after the offside's given, he can still send him off. I thought that when, because it's offside, obviously whatever happens after it is largely irrelevant. But it is obviously with the score, there's not going to stand. But a reckless challenge, um, you know, a straight red card like that should still should still count. So I have to hold my hands up to people there who called that out on Twitter. Um, and I, I thought it was it, 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 his head was once again in Jordan Pickford world, wasn't it? Um, I thought he'd come out. He, he quite clearly thinks he's got to make a statement save. At the start of the game, it's one of them where a conventional goalkeeper spreads themselves, but does it almost like vertically. But 
in in this case, it's it's like Pickford throws himself at Van Dijk, not towards the ball, um, tries to make himself big, but has a forward motion in doing so, and in turn, both his legs are off the off the floor, and it goes clattering into Van Dijk. I mean, in, in terms of the game for us, him not being on the pitch it makes things completely different, doesn't it? it allows Calvert-Lewin into the game, so it's it's obviously had the profound effect on what happens. But yeah, I mean, he should have gone. Should have been red cards. You hold your hands up for that. Richarlison sending off correctly. I mean, I'm not too sure about the, the Robertson one. Cynical more than anything else. It's a type of tackle, Matt. You know, I think it's a bit more because he sort of like jumps in on him. It's not just like a trick. He's already gone though. The, 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 where, he, where he jumps in, I, I think where he gets away with it only being a yellow if it's brought up is that Alan's already gone. If you get what I mean, he, he's clattering into the back of his legs that are. Sort of, I don't know, sort of right angle to what he's doing, where this Pickford is obviously straight on Van Dyke. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it needed looking at. I'm surprised that he wasn't even given a yellow, was he? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure no, if he was he given was a yellow not, card. He was or not, not given a yellow card for that Pickford, no. Um, it was weird. So, I mean, completely bizarre referee. And I don't blame Michael Oliver. I think a lot of the decisions we've seen are obviously made on review and they are hesitant to get involved, of course, until the end. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was feisty. It had it had a bit of everything in the end. I thought it. I was disappointed to be honest. I thought we'd see a little bit more free flowing stuff from ourselves. Uh, quite clearly, the international breaks taking its toll. Um, I think we had a couple more players more more than they did who've been away because you think like Mane's fresh after isolating Thiago the same. Um, they they did obviously Liverpool's probably two key players right now. Uh, with ours, James Rodriguez have been away. Richarlison have been away. Dom had even been away, hadn't he, with England? So, I mean, there's, there's plenty to caveat, I think, in our performance today that you can say reasonably Everton win at their best. Um, Liverpool, I thought, like you said, I agree with you, I thought they were outstanding. But yeah, refereeing-wise, it was a really strange. I don't blame Michael Oliver, but that, the VAR decision with the offside, I think I'll live long in the memory. And I'm all for it, to be honest. You think of the stinging decision we've had against them in the past. He's doing the Mbappe celebration, yeah. And and I suppose it's one in the face for all of those who bring up their couch lunge on Phil Neville from over the years, Stephen Gerrard basically jumping over Gary Naismith's testicles in Anfield. <laughs> There's plenty of these down the years, so I think I think both sides have got some ammo to throw at each other if you want to get involved in those sorts of quite pathetic and childish games. But yeah, um I'm I'm so happy it's over and I'm looking ahead to Southampton next week already. Yeah, I'd scrambled a bit, to be honest. Uh, one play we should probably talk about <coughs> today and before played really well, Michael Keane. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't, yeah. get, didn't get a sniff for England in the last two games, bizarrely, because I think he's on current form. He's probably <coughs> the best centre-back they've got. And he's got three goals already this season. I think he should all, he should always score more goals. I think with Rodriguez on set pieces, him and Mina should be looking at five-plus goals each. But um, he's defending in general against... Uh, that, that attack from Liverpool today was, was pairing, wasn't it? You know, the front three played really well. Thiago was pulling the strings in behind, and it was a challenge for those defenders today. And I think, by and large, him and Luca Dean. I think, you know, me and I had a few dicey moments. Colman was obviously a fault for the for the goal, but I think certainly on that that left hand side of the defence where Keane and me, um, Keane and Dean, you played, those two were excellent. And Michael Keane starting to look like a, a real mm-hmm. class, act the, class act of the back four. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think, yep. think many know what to expect from from Michael Keane today purely because the fellow's been AWOL for 10 days what, why he was quite left out of that England squad I don't think many of us really knew but he's getting back to looking at his comfortable best we always knew that 
getting the best out of Michael Keane is very much dependent on having a, a stable setup around him. He's not a very individual performer. He's not one to put stand up and put his head above the water when things are going badly. And I think that's probably a criticism that we've that we've tagged him with in previous seasons. But he looks like someone who obviously benefits from having a, a stable and consistent back four. Um, clearly, a more capable midfield ahead of him, but. Certainly, just from an individual point of view today, every every interception, every tackle, and, and in particular, every header, as much as we would expect them to be aerially dominant against Liverpool, I think it was it was a real defining point of his game today. And clearly at the back, but also going forward, as you say, every time Everton gets some form of set-piece now, given the quality of delivery that is inevitably going to come in, him and Mina look particularly dangerous. Um, just to touch on... You know, you mentioned about the first half and and the things that went really going well. I think the the centre of midfield really concerned me for the first time this season. Um, clearly, there's been a massive upgrade there in terms of personnel and a little bit of a restructuring in terms of how they set up. But for me, in the first 45 minutes, it looked like three individuals as opposed to a, a real collective setup. Alan struggled because I, I feel like he was probably trying to do a bit too much. Um, primarily down to Andre Gomez, who was not only poor out of possession, but I think very sloppy going forward as well. And Adelai Decore, it got a little bit headless chicken while we were we were waiting to really grow into the game and find out how, how this game was going to portray for us. But I think that kind of settled in the second half. Um, these are ultimately the, the settling in issues that this midfield is going to have. Um, it... We're now five or six games into the season, and if we're we're talking about this as being the most unsettled that he's been, and we're getting points off the champions, then then clearly there's not too much of an issue there. But it is it is an area of contention, in particular with regards to Andre Gomez, who I think looked particularly poor on the ball today. And when you have got someone like a a relatively resurgent looking Gilfie Sigurdsson on the bench, I think the the level of expectation and and the standard has to be consistently higher. Uh, I think the problem with playing a, a flatter three in midfield, like we are obviously going to from now on, compared to having a number 10 figure in there, is that you afford someone like Thiago too much time on the ball. And I think that, that happened time and time again in the first half today, whereby you're not necessarily going to get Calvert-Lewin dropping 20 yards deeper to pick him up. You haven't really got any one of those three in midfield for Everton who are going to be particularly advanced, unless Abdullah Decore pushes on an extra 10 or 15 yards. And it does create this hole in between Calvert-Lewin and the midfielders for, for who is going to pick Thiago up. So I think that that's, that's an issue for the bigger games and the more creative, deeper line midfielders when we do come up against them. Um, but, but clearly, everything about the start of the season, and as, as much as results have, and performances have glossed over this, we are very much still on a learning curve at the moment with, in particular, how this midfield is going to develop. Um, the points with Jordan Pickford, the two main parts of his play today, which ultimately ended up being outside of the gameplay, they're both horrendous. Um, the, the tackle is ridiculous. Um, I, I know what he's trying to do in terms of spread his body in front of, of any oncoming shot, but surely his work exists on a curve that protects the goal. And I think, yet again, we're having position in discussions about is he coming too far off his line and being overly keen to get involved in the play. And I think that that is clearly something that we saw in the first half today. The goal at the end, 
I mean, if if there's ever been someone who should champion VAR from now on, then he should sit <laughs> on the board of it because that has really <laughs> saved him. Because I think we're getting very, very close to being very strict in terms of withdrawing him very quickly from this squad. If that goal, that, that goal counts, he's out, isn't he? Next weekend, surely it's. It's bread and butter. Uh, how, how many times are we going to rely on the fact that, yes, okay, he's a good shot stopper. The save from Alexander-Arnold today was very good. The one from Matip, good, but you'd expect him to make it. And at the end of the game, they are the saves that good goalkeepers just simply have to make. It's, it's not a difficult task for him. And it's the epitome of what Jordan Pickford represents at Everton at the moment, whereby not only is the save made, but it's, it's the comedy cartoon scrambling to try and get the ball from going over the line. It's just, it's the epitome of the footballer. Um, and I don't know, does the fact that the offside flag was up mean that Jordan Pickford does keep his place next week? It, it's, still, it's still a very poor piece of technical goalkeeping, whether that is something that's, that's really focused on by Ancelotti in the week leading up to Southampton. I'm not sure. Maybe he does cling on to that place, but... Quite honestly, how, how many times are we as a collective, as a fan base and as a coaching staff going to have this conversation? Are, are we going to suddenly get to Christmas and think, oh, do you know what? Maybe now is the time. The time ultimately does have to come quite soon. But I think the argument will, will then go back to the transfer window and the moves that we made for a goalkeeper in that have we brought someone in who we are expecting to challenge seriously and be Everton's number one goalkeeper? And... It, it's it's dangerously close to the point where if we're not going to make that change and if we're not going to experiment in that area, then does it make that whole move and the, and the whole fiasco that was made about getting a second goalkeeper in a little bit pointless? Well, you you were nodding your head there, Rob, and just first of all, your, your thoughts on that and the goalkeeper situation. And we also want to quickly mention Ben Godfrey as well, who I think did really well in the circumstances today, coming in, playing out of position at right back um, and, and doing pretty well overall. But, but first of all, your thoughts on, on the keeper? Uh, yeah, we are two decisions. And again, we're, we're all having a laugh because it's all kind of worked out well for us today. Uh, and I guess well is, is relative, of course. But, you know, we got a draw out of a game that we've had no business getting a draw out of. But, I mean, look, Mark is spot on. If either, uh, you know, if either decision is made correctly, we're having the same con- – and really, we're already having the same conversation again. Um, that third goal was comical. Um, the And again, the timing of it, the, you know, just the, the, the rash decision. It's all – look, I, I feel like we, ha- we have the same conversation about Jordan Pickford way too often. And I think that the conversation about deciding whether or not to drop him – Everyone keeps focusing on this idea of, well, do we really bring someone in who can challenge to be the number one keeper? I almost don't even know if that's the question anymore. Um, At some point, Carlo Angelotti is going to ask himself, would this bang average, you know, body of a goalkeeper that I've brought in, um, who he obviously feels is better than Giannis Lossel, um, is he going to provide less of the wild ride that I have to endure every single week with Jordan Pickford Um, because there's got to come a point where, you know, where you just, you almost sacrifice talent. And, and, and I always hear that. Well, Jordan Pickford's talented. He can stop these great shots. And he did, he had some great saves today, but you know, at the end of the day, 
it doesn't, it, they ultimately end up getting canceled out by big mistakes. And so um, I'm just wondering, it, it feels, it feels less a question of if, but when, and we've gotten away with it so far, as we talked about at the beginning, we're undefeated in top of the league. So maybe, maybe that's what's saving him. But uh, I asked before, um, I asked this weeks ago, what is the greatest threat to us having a special season? I said it was Jordan Pickford, and there was nothing that happened today that changed my mind otherwise. If anything, this only reinforced those feelings and made me even a little bit more afraid. Um, I, I don't know how long we can continue to persist. Look, we get on guys' backs in our own side who make a mistake once every like three or four or five games. What about a keeper who does this seemingly every game or every other game? Like, what, why does Jordan Pickford continue to, to get to start when we're always talking about competition being important and guys needing to be dropped if, if someone else is about, you know, Gomez, I, I think there's got to be a, a, a point where Carlos says, you know, I, I need him. I need him to sit for a bit. And by the way, maybe sitting Jordan Pickford, I, you know, you don't, I don't know if you want to even call it a wake up call, but it may just be one of those things where you need to turn the heat down for a bit, let him sit there for a bit and find a way to bring him back at the right time. But, but this just can't go on. And, and, and the last thing I'll say, of course, is Godfrey. Uh, again, Godfrey was emblematic today of, of just the chaos of this game. Um, I don't think Seamus Coleman was fit to play. He probably, you know, come hell or high water said, I'm going to play today. Uh, he shouldn't have played. Um, you know, he made the, mis- he made a mistake that gave, you know, that, that cost the goal. I mean, and again, I don't, want to blame Seamus Coleman for that I think he tried to gut it out um I mean he made a mistake but maybe he shouldn't have started today but having said that Godfrey came in in the least ideal of scenarios and I thought you know Plato played pretty well sort of like sort of like when Branthwaite first uh, played it was a little uh little baby giraffe at times at the very beginning and kind of getting his feet but I thought overall he settled in really well um, you can see, you know, he's much bigger, I think, than I thought, um, you know, seeing yeah, him play actually. live. And, and I think that there's a lot there. So, again, there's, there's, there, there are problems, there are issues, there are things that need to be addressed. But ultimately, big picture, it's hard to – I can't look at this game today as scary as it was and as awful as it felt at times and be anything but thrilled that we came away with a draw and that we're undefeated to start the season. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just to sort of wrap up, Dave, I'll, I'll come to you. That's, that's sort of what, what I want to finish on. Bigger picture, four wins, one draw. Still top of the Premier League as we sit here now. Of course, Richarlison not being involved in Southampton next week is going to be a big blow. But we'll go into that game with players recovered from international duty. Mina should be better. Uh, Rodriguez should be better. Uh, we should be better organised in that football match as well. And overall, it's, it's not the sort of momentum jolt we wanted in terms of excitement and putting an end to this, this Liverpool, you know, who do against us, but it's another positive step for this team, isn't it? <clears throat> well, it, it's in many ways, next week's far more important because everyone gets caught up in these games and, and at the end of the day, we all need to be grounded at the end of it and told it's just three points or one point or, or, or no points if you lose the match. Um, the same as any other of the Premier League games and <clears throat> You know, if you'd have told me we'd have won that and then dropped points against Brighton in the, in the game before the international break, then, you know, I'd still be absolutely flying because Everton are still top of the league. Do you know what I mean? I think I think that's the sort of semblance of reality that people struggle to find in the context of these things after after the events, like we're talking about now. Everybody's having emotion and talking about the, 
finer details in the match. But at the end of the day, Everton have come away with it without a defeat. They're guaranteed to be top of the league going into next week's games as well. The longer that continues, obviously, very, very good for us. And uh, and how long we can sustain that is, is now on us. But I think there's a there's a monkey off the back a little bit today. I think there were questions, I think, from certainly outside of the Everton, sort of the Twitter sphere and the Everton bubble, that this was a, a start that wasn't totally unexpected simply due to the calibre of opponents. But to hold that quality of side to a point of Goodison by any means and what it is, it'll show in the records as a 2-2 draw and Liverpool dropping two points at Goodison Park. Everton have done that against the Premier League champions. That that shouldn't be underplayed and, and people should really sit up and take note that we're a side that needs taken extremely seriously this season. Um, you know what else can he throw us now in terms of the fixtures? We played the champions, we played the fellow top six side and beat them. We're, we're, we're now, I think, we're now a genuine force. Getting carried away there, mate. Are we? Are we a top six side? You're calling it now, fellow top six. No, I'm saying, I'm saying we beat a top six side in Spurs. Ah, okay. So when you said fellow yeah. top six team, as if we're in that bracket. No, not, no, not, not fellow yet. Um, <laughs> although those those credentials are growing by the game, aren't they? And, that, and that's the most important thing we take from all of this. So although it's not the, the magical three points and no, it's not the the result that ends this horrific derby record, um, there's a much more important, bigger picture. And Liverpool fans will love that, that phrase right now, won't they? There is a big picture <laughs> to all of this at the moment. And that is that, that, that Everton look like they're going to be a side that contends. Whatever that's for, we don't know, but it's certainly not going to be uh, away from the top half or the, the, the upper top six of the Premier League. So that's the, the big picture for me is that Everton continue this fine run we go to Southampton next week still on a massive high good stuff uh, shame we can't go and have a bevy and talk about this game in a bit more detail altogether at the moment because circumstances but any plans for tonight I mean by the looks of it Twitter is going to be a fun place this evening uh, <laughs> yeah not that I'm still living in a transfer window but I'm just going to play on the fact that we'd be, all be a, less, a, a lot less worried about Richarlison being out if we'd sign Wilfred Zahar am I right Rob? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're going to rue the day that we didn't push the chips in and go get Wilfred Zaha. There's no question. Um, no. So, hey, hey, by the way, Charles, what was that? I just, I just knew that that was my moment to gloat when he got sent off. I was goading yeah. the referee to show him the red card just so yeah. I could come on here. <laughs> <laughs> we should have signed him. Yeah. Well, look, I the last thing I will say about Richarlison, like, you know, he, he, he just wasn't good enough today. I mean, our best player, our best attacking players weren't as good as theirs, but we came out of this too, too. And Richarlison's going to rest for three weeks, and it's probably not the worst thing in the world for him. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that this is going to be that first real test of seeing, you know, what we've got behind uh, players like that. And, and these are the sorts of tests that – you you have to expect throughout a season and so um you know that's where we're going to go but but luckily for you guys golden boy here is undefeated so far in league games so you know don't worry i got it i got this wonderful stuff uh, of course we'll be reacting to that game in a bit more detail on the blue room and the blue room actually this week uh, head scrambled after that i have to say it's hard to remember quite what happened and quite what didn't uh, so appreciate everyone for watching this on YouTube. Cheers for listening as well. Uh, thanks very much to Dave, to Mark and to Rob for joining us for that post-match reaction. And to all the Reds in the comments on YouTube as well. I've seen a few of you. Uh, enjoy your, your Saturday. And Rob Vera is blowing you a kiss. Uh, you know, 
you're still you're still champions. Don't worry about it, lads. You'll be fine. <laughs> Marvers, he's not, not only quite. losers. Only losers complain about the refs. So yeah, we, we've never done that before. Uh, of course. <laughs> uh, I hope everyone enjoys the night. I hope everyone can take a deep breath and chill out a bit after that remarkable football match. And we'll speak to you again soon here on the Blue Room. Thanks for tuning in. Northern Tool and Equipment isn't just a store. It's a problem solver's paradise. Fully stocked with the right professional grade tools and fully staffed with experts who have the right answers. Problem solved. Northern Tool and Equipment Summer Sale is on now. Stop in and save up to 50% on pressure washers, sprayers, generators, fans, lawn and garden equipment, and more. Hundreds of deals in store or at northerntool.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.